but in the context of serving God's people. The thing is, God put you in leadership for a reason, and that's to steward your ministry in order to help lead people in worship. This is the Worship Team Training Podcast. Now, here's your host, Brandon Dempsey. Hey, podcast, what's up? Welcome, friends, worship leaders, pastors, teams, tech, you name it. We're glad that you're here. I'm Brandon Dempsey. Thank you so much again for downloading the Worship Team Training Podcast. And also, we invite you to go to worshipteentraining.com, put your email address in the front page, and you will get a devotional on worship by yours truly for first-time guests. And also, you'll get our Monday Morning Digest every Monday directly to your inbox about events, news, more on Worship Team Training and also Worship Team Training University. Our members, what's up? You guys watching this by video, glad you're here. And all of our great friends listening as well by iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, and where else. So let's get into it. Having a worship ministry, what is it? First of all, okay, let me just say right off the bat, uh, this topic, let me just stop right here. Disclaimer. This topic is pretty controversial. I understand that. And the, the facts that I'm going to go into, the thoughts, the opinions are expressed only by yours truly and nobody else. And so if you feel like this is not for you, then stop listening right now. I will say to you, though, this is not to offend anyone or you or to make mark or notice of anybody else's ministry. These are just some things that I've experienced along the way within my own personal way of leading and following of other worship leaders. And when I was younger, um, now where I'm at, where I'm at right now, things that I've noticed that I felt would be beneficial for you because this goes a long way. Uh, we get a lot of emails asking us, yeah, well, how do I recruit? Uh, how do I get more team members? Uh, how can I have people stay? That's usually a bigger one. And also, what kind of music should I do? All these ranges of questions. And then I just thought, you know, it's not so much about recruiting and keeping people as much as it is being with people and what, how to do life with people, really. So that's why I've centered, I've centered on this topic. And also, I just want to bring some light to the issue. So I hope that this is something that benefits you and that encourages you. So again, don't take what I'm saying personally. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's really about expanding and how to do that with God's help, the ministry that he's given us and to steward it rightly. So here we go. Why people don't want to join your worship team. Okay, so having a worship ministry is more than just leading songs. It's about leading the relationships around you. Simply put. Uh, being one of the most visible ministries on Sunday, your worship team makes a huge impact to the church in general. So what, like a restaurant, um, it's, it's what you make good for people. And the way that you lead and the way that you serve people, either they'll want to come back or does it make them want to turn away? So that's our topic for today. And so uh, I also want to do a quick shout out to those of you who follow us that are members on Worship Team Training University. Uh, Don't forget this coming Thursday, we have Andrea Olson is going to talk about worship leading and 
how to have unity within the team. So you don't want to miss that. Great stuff. Also, more events coming right here on WTTU.co slash events. Our next Monday broadcast, Everyone Loves a Quitter. And also, you should resign every day. So these are going to be great. And the thing is, you know, I bounce this off of our staff in terms of what to do with the topics that we have. And, you know, sure, we can do, uh, you know, four keys of this. We can do eight different ways that you can do that. And, you know, we're going to get into the practical stuff of our podcasts and our shows. But recently, I've been getting hit pretty hard with the emails of, yeah, but what do I do with this kind of team member? Or the pastors drive me nuts. I'm a worship leader and I don't know what to do. So we're coming at you with some topics that I feel are pretty deep that need to be addressed and need to be spoken of. So here we go. Why people do not want to join your worship team. Let's get right to it. I got five of them, okay? And basically, I'm 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 doing this in the allegory of a restaurant, okay? Now, when you think about it, it's the, you know, you base your choices of where to go out to for food and, and you know, in the same way that you would also seek out a ministry. Now, what I mean is, is when you look for restaurants, you know, you nobody wants to join an establishment that is not inviting, it's not clean, it's got bad service, and the food is not up to par. Okay, now look, you, you may be thinking, yeah, Brian, but that has nothing to do with ministry. Well, it actually does, because when you think about the way restaurants serve people, we are restaurants... Also, now this is not a new concept or a new uh, metaphor. I've heard many different people do this, and and this is just what came to light for me. You know, I mean, um, I remember good friend Paul Balash said that as worship leaders, we are like waiters, and that could not there could not be a, a more truthful statement than that. And my thought was, you know, what about the restaurant? Um, we are to be waiters. And the restaurant is a big deal because the restaurant refers to a team of waiters, right? A team of people and how we lead worship. So let's talk about that. Number one, the reason why people don't want to join your worship team, it's not fun. Okay, now think about your worship team. Now, and you know, every one of us can say, yeah, well, we have fun. We laugh. Well, there's times for that. But do other people see that it's fun? You know, I mean, it's it's one thing for us to think in our own minds, oh, this is great, this is wonderful, but do other people think that? I'm convicted with that, own, with, with that question, and I think about my own team. I'm like, well, the things that I see in my team, would that be a turn on or a turn off to others? So like a restaurant, when you go to a restaurant, my wife and I – hold on a second. Hmm. I had to take another sip of that bodacious coffee, sorry. But my wife and I, here in Austin, Texas, we are filled with every different kind of genre of food and restaurant. And the one thing that we love that is dear home to Texas is Tex-Mex. If you never had it, you're really missing out on a lot of life, okay? It's almost like salvation comes through the food. No, I'm kidding. It doesn't. But I love Tex-Mex. My wife does too. And we like to go to restaurants that exhibit fun. When you go to your favorite restaurant – Think about where you like to go. 
Is it fun? Is it hip? It, do, are the people lively? Uh, what about the lights, the decorations? Does it draw you in? Um, is the parking terrible? You know, that could, I mean, all these different things we think about and I, you know, we take for granted, but they really are a big deal. So is your ministry fun? Is it, you know, um, is it too serious? And has the party left the building? Is it something that people want to join that they feel good about? I think that's the thing that strikes me the most is like, is our ministry fun? And does it make people feel good? You know? So not condemned, rolled over, or criticized and left out. Now, that's a big deal because within a worship team, I've been under leaders where they're very dogmatic, very dictative, and no, don't do that. That sounds terrible. Don't do it this way. Oh, that sounds bad. Would you really want to be a part of a ministry that does that? I mean, now look, I'm speaking right now. I'm going deep, I know. And if I step on toes, like I said, it's not personal. I don't mean to. I'm just calling out the truth. And one of our, our marketing directors, Michelle, said, hey, this is the kind of, uh, I think she said, sh- uh, show that people will throw their shoe at, meaning that mama said it's truth and it needs to be said. I hope I'm getting that right, Michelle. So I really believe that in serving under dictative type leaderships, I know I've been there and I may be speaking to you. You may be in that position right now where you're thinking, gee, that is me. What do I do with that kind of dictative leader? And I'm serving under them. Well, that's a different show all itself, a different topic. But I will say that you have to meet them where they are and serve in the best capacity that you can. A lot of worship teams struggle with this. Uh, the, the leader can also be absent, can be passive, uh, cannot address things and just kind of ignore, hit the ignore button all the time when you call them or hit the ignore, hit, they hit the ignore button when they see something important in the ministry in the church and they just ignore it. How do you deal with that? Well, man, um, I would lovingly bring that person to the side and just say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm noticing this and that, and uh, this is not a complaint, but it's rather a concern. You know, we see this over here in the ministry. What can we do together as a team to solve it, to direct it, to address it? I'm just being honest, you know, and I'm being honest with you. That's that's the way that I would approach anyone, even in our own team. And I've done that many times. And I've said, look, you know, I I really care about what's happening because you're an important member of this team and we need to fix it. So what can we do? You know, when you come at people that way, it really invites them in. Now, of course, you wouldn't do this publicly for people to see. I mean, you don't ever want to see in a restaurant a manager, you know, come down on somebody. But I do see good management when they come alongside the employees and they coach them, they're like, hey, you know, you want to serve people here. You've seen that before, right? When a waiter has another trainee with them and they would introduce them and say, hey, this is Mark. Mark is uh, teaming up with me today and he's learning as we go. So if you have any questions, Mark, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. You know, I love that. I mean, I I love it when that happens because I know Mark, who's training, he's going to really do a, probably a better job than most people in the restaurant because he's got somebody guiding him, he's paying attention, and he's got a group of customers that are really in tune. So I think those are great things to have. But what does that have to do with fun? Um, you know, it, it needs to be a place that people feel invited, like they look like they're having fun, that they're having a good time. In my rehearsals, our rehearsals, I love to just cut up. Now, look, my my team, 
they probably are laughing or shaking their heads right now, nodding. Um, I tend to have too much fun, and sometimes I, 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 you know, miss a few things along the way. Sorry, Karina. She's probably saying, yeah, you missed more than a few things. You're right. But I do that because I like to make things lively. I like to make light of things. And because rehearsals can get pretty stressful. And our team, we're under a time. uh, We have a schedule that we follow. Uh, We we have programming throughout the services, not just songs and a free-for-all. I mean, we work hard at doing what we do because we're caring about the people who enter, about their time, service moving uh, smoothly, but allowing the Holy Spirit to enter in so that we're engaging. And it's a lot of hard work. So during those times, you know, I'll be sarcastic with the projectionist or the sound guy. I'll thank them. I'll joke about the song or the singers. You know, we did have a good time. Uh, things that you can do, like bringing donuts to the group, different things that you can make things fun. That's what people want to join. Okay. I'm off. That's that's point number one. That was long and inundated. I hope that you liked it. We can probably close the show already. All right, see you later. I'm kidding. Number two, and why people do not want to join your worship team. Service hours are cray. All right, let's talk about that. That kind of flows into number one a little bit in terms of that the hours are tough in a restaurant. Let's say they're not consistent in a restaurant. Well, the same thing can happen with us as a worship team. Our rehearsals are not consistent. You tell somebody, hey, we meet at 7, but you don't start until 7.45. That's a bad thing. When people that you invite come to your rehearsal to hang out, when you tell them a time, they're banking on it. Why? Well, they have families at home. They have kids. They have dinner hour. They have homework. There's, then Maybe they're a long traffic hour and they can't get to your rehearsal in time. And when they get there, they're really expecting ABC because they got to still go back home, whatever that it is. And it's not good for us. It's not fair as a worship leader to say, oh, yeah, well, they can just wait. We're having a good time. Or, you know, it's the Holy Spirit working right now. And we're all, uh, okay, hold on a second. I don't think the Holy Spirit wants you to have somebody else be late, especially it's, I'll just say it, discourteous to tell somebody something and do something that's opposite, okay? You have to be a man, woman of your word because your integrity does mean everything. So among the most frustrations in ministries of a church are those that are not consistent with their timing and management, okay? Um, Also, you have to consider you must consider other people's time above your own. You may not think it's a big deal, but you don't know what's going on in their world. So be consistent, especially with your own team members too, your guitar player, your vocalist. I mean, they're counting on you to run a rehearsal effectively. Now, worship team training members know, you leaders know who have taken our courses, done our workshops. You know that I preach heavily on this because it really is about better preparing your people Because the better that you do that, the better that you are able to serve them and serve your church and worship. So moving on. Um, If you're constantly running late and then put some, you know, do this. If you're constantly running late, then put somebody else in charge to help you be on time. Okay? It's just simply rude when you show up 30 minutes late and expect everybody to forgive you because maybe something else happened or God spoke to you or again you really need to be careful i know when i'm running late for things i will text ahead of time to you know our sound engineer who shows up first and say hey you know nick hey kevin i'm running late and and i'm i'm there on the way you know i let them know i communicate um, but 9 times out of 10 i will set everything that i do 
10, 15 minutes ahead of time because I know I run late. My my team will tell you that I run late for things, and that's a discipline for me to work on. It's a priority that I have. It's something that is a weakness of mine. There you have it. I'm letting you know what my weaknesses are. We all have them, and the better that we can embrace them, the better that we're more in tune with them and the better that we're paying attention to them, and it helps people too because we're just being human. So um, if your communication is an issue and you're not clear – Put somebody else in your ministry that can help you. I send messages to our worship team member, Sasha, who can put out things on Facebook better than I can, who can instantly communicate, because I know if it's left in my hands, it probably is not going to get done very well. So I rely on people who are better than me. We talked about that in the last broadcast. If you're there with us last Monday, if you haven't, uh, download that episode. And I think that uh, I'm forgetting the name of that episode, but it was episode 190 and um, about uh, ways that you can effectively uh, help your ministry, five ways. So you want to look at that. I, I don't know the title, sorry. But I put people that are in charge who can be in charge, simply put. Um, the worst thing you can do is when you're inviting people in your church to you know, join the ministry, but if you're not organized and when you put out the music, when you put out Planning Center – how you schedule people, if it's all at the last minute haphazard or if it's just not – maybe you plan ahead, but maybe the communication is not that great, it can really lead people astray. So it's like showing up at a restaurant and the waiter says, uh, menus? What menus? And you're there kind of like, okay, let's leave. Cut yourself some slack also. I say this, that learn a bit more of how to better – to be better in your ministry, again, by putting people in the right place to help you. So it doesn't all hinge on you, but yet it does. So, But if you find a good set of people that you can rely on, cut yourself some slack. Don't be perfect. It's like what I say at almost every end of the broadcast that we do. Just let people leave. Just let <laughs> let the Lord lead you in life and love every day in worship. Uh, let people lead you. Let your own team members lead you. I do that. I I hand off things to our worship team, and I want them to shake hands and introduce themselves to people. Don't feel like you have to be the only one. Share that with your team and say, hey, guys, go on out, shake hands, find people that are interested in the ministry, the songs, the prayers, seek out their needs, that kind of thing. All right, number three, about why people do not want to join your worship ministry. Sorry, I'm going to go a little faster. I know I'm, I'm kind of dwelling too much, and if you like it, awesome. If you don't, Okay, I'll, I'll improve. Number three, the waiters are not friendly. Oh, man. What's that like when you go into a restaurant and you want to know what is the best meal there that they serve or you have a special question or maybe you don't have any questions, but you just – maybe you're having a bad day or maybe you want to engage, but the waiter comes to you with this stone face and they just hand you the menu and then like, here, order, and that's and they're like – my name is so-and-so, here's your water, and they leave. And then and then worse, you never see them for 20 minutes, and you're kind of wondering, are we invisible here? You know, That could be – and I've seen this too. I don't know about you, <clears throat> but my wife and I have seen two waiters arguing behind the back wall. And, and you know, it's like we can hear you. We can, we can see you guys back there. I mean, man – you know, would you really want to be served when when someone's just not friendly and they just argue? Well, sadly to say, I've seen that happen in worship teams. 
I remember one worship team that I went to go work with in the Midwest and for a weekend. And the pastor and the worship leader told me ahead of time, hey, you know, we have a, a, a lot of conflict in the team and we really need your help. And it's just communication issues. There's a lot of drama. People want to be on stage, but they don't really want to be with people. So I remember going up. And I was asked to go on a Sunday morning and just go in and observe first and then, you know, talk to the team afterwards. So the pastor wanted me to be incognito, and I did. And I went up, and I saw the worship team. They were all getting ready. But then I noticed it was a weird deal, just like the restaurant. I saw two vocalists fighting over a microphone. Okay, you may be laughing right now, but it's true. And I wasn't laughing. I was actually scared because I'm seeing other people come in the worship service, and they look like they were ready and wanted to have a good time. But you see these two people arguing, and I'm like thinking, wow, I don't know if anybody else knows this, but these two people are going to come up and lead the church in the front, and they're arguing it and it 10 minutes before the service. Uh, it's like a waiter. I don't want to be served like that. And so after the service... I went to the team and I approached them and I just said, guys, hey, you may not have recognized it or realized it, but you had this going on in your team and here I am just showing up. You really need to rethink about your relationships within your team. They make a, a big, big deal. And and the good thing about the story was the two people who were fighting, they really, you know, they got it. And they were like, wow, I'm so sorry. You're right. That does make a big difference. And I need to settle. We need to settle our differences off stage before we come to church. Amen, brother and sister. That's exactly how it should be. All right. So it's it's not the thing is this is that when people come to our churches, and if someone shows up interested in our ministry, uh, within three seconds, did you know that within three seconds people already make up their mind? It's just like going to a church. They make up their mind in the parking lot. They also make up their mind when they are inside your church. If they want to join you or not. So think about the way that you do ministry, how you function as a team. I mean, if what we do looks disorganized, distracted, and even discouraging by attitudes, drama, criticism, you know, no one will, will want to be part of that. I, I mean, you know, even if you're in your own rehearsal and you think, yeah, but there's no one else new and, and we're all we all know each other and I can just be as critical as I want. No, because you're just fostering. You're fostering that behavior. Yeah, you're right. Maybe new people may not be in that room with you, but it changes on Sunday. And as far as I know, if I'm conditioned or, or if I condition myself or foster a certain behavior, it's going to come out elsewhere. So really be careful with that. And I would you know, also rethink about your people because they may not want to be spoken to that way. I know this is hard to hear, like I said, you know, uh, but the way that you do interact with your people, it really, if you're going to be a team of dysfunction, you're going to attract others of dysfunction. So you want to safeguard your ministry and take care of the health of who you have and to safeguard it from dysfunction. Um, Also, you need to look at the way that you serve. It's just like a restaurant industry. It bases its foundation on customer service and people. Even more so, like in any ministry of the church, we are the same as a worship team. So base your function on people. 
Number four, why people don't want to join your worship ministry. The food is not go. The food is not good. Yeah, it's not going right. The food is not good and it's overpriced. Just like a restaurant, you don't like to step in where the food is halfway cooked, or and then they want to charge you twenty bucks for the meal, and you're like, uh, hold on a second, I'm, I'm going to exit. So just like a worship team, a ministry, um, you know, what was it like the last time that you experienced the invitation when people served you and it wasn't tangible in worship? What, what do you mean by that, Brandon? Well, I, I like a restaurant, you don't want to serve food that is just halfway cooked or even, you know, this analogy as well. You don't want to serve the food that just what you like versus other people. Let's think about if I invited you to our home and I said I like Tex-Mex. I've already you know went through that. And I served you Tex-Mex, but what would happen if you did not like Tex-Mex and maybe you like German food or French or Italian, whatever? Maybe you've had a bad experience with Tex-Mex. Maybe it made you sick. Maybe you just don't like it. And I invite you to our home, and I set a plate before you and say, here, eat. I would not be seeking your need. I would not be in tune with you. I think we do the same exact thing when we lead worship, when it's just our songs, the way we like to do it, the way we like to lead it, and how loud or how soft we like to have it. And you look around your church, and maybe they just don't want that. When's the last time that you went to a church member and just say, hey, tell us, what kind of songs do you like? What what moves your heart in worship? What can we do better? Now, I know that's vulnerable, and I know – look, I'm not saying that you walk up to the naysayer in your church because they're going to give you an earful, and you don't want that. But it's not going to hurt you. Be humble. Be vulnerable. It's not a big deal. It's not about you. It's not your ministry with your name on it. you got to chunk that out the window. Be humble and go to people. Go to your own team members and say, hey, what are we doing that's just not working? What are we serving here that people are just not clicking with? And I mean, I I ask our team every week, how do you think people connected with that song? Now, we just did um, Fight My Battles for the past two weeks, and I, I love the song. But even though we as a team love the song as well, I'm still asking the hard question, hey, did people really connect with it? You know, when, when you looked out there and leading worship, now I teach a lot about this in our, in our university, folks that are watching right now. Um, I teach a lot about when you're leading, look out. Don't just close your eyes, but look out and see who's engaged. We cover a lot of this in our workshops too. And my own team said, yeah, you know, people really connected on this side of the room, but maybe on this side, people are just still getting used to it. So then you think about, okay, well, is it lighting that we can change? Is it the sound that's maybe bad in that one area? I mean, you got to look at all parameters because you're serving, excuse me, you have a huge restaurant room that you're serving and not every facet in that room is going to be perfect. So you got to tweak. So like a meal, if you're, if you're serving people that only things that you like, then you're not taking into consideration about the type of entrees that other people may like. All right, so here we go. Oh, also just meeting people where they are. It's really about that with engaging people in worship. All right, number five. Here's the big, big five. Why people don't want to join your worship team. Ready? They don't want to come back. Man, that's hard. 
because it's something that we did in leading worship that they said, no, I don't want to be a part of that. Maybe it was something that we did offstage in the hallway of the church that people said, "Uh, you know what? If that goes on in their ministry and they bicker or they argue, I don't want to be a part of that. You know, you got to look at the hard stuff. You got to look at your relationships. You got to look at the way that you organize. Because I know when when people walk in a room and they see disorganization, they see us clamoring for people to help. We freak out. Our anxiety's through the roof. I mean, that just spells chaos. It's like walking into a restaurant. And there's no manager, there's no waiter, but all the cooks, like the kitchen's on fire. I mean, picture this. All this chaos in a restaurant. Would you really want to eat there? No. You would get out. You you would probably settle for a fast food, fast food restaurant instead. Maybe that was a fast food restaurant that you ran from. I don't know. But the church is no different. Um, we are in the business of serving our God, number one, but it's serving people. Now, I know there could be the thought out there that you may have been thinking or someone said, yeah, but we serve God first. Well, you're right. We do. We serve God first. But in the context of serving God's people, the thing is God put you in leadership for a reason, and that's to steward your ministry in order to help lead people in worship. All these things work together. Think about the Levites. Do you think they just threw their hands up in the air and just went, oh, well, this is for God anyway. Look, we're all just going to worship the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, I don't mean worship the Ark of the Covenant, but we're just going to take care of the Ark of the Covenant and God's building. And our worship is to God. And you know what? Israelites, they can just take a walk. You'll never see that. It's the complete opposite. The Levites took care of the room. They took care of the bread uh, for the priest and the... Um, um, in the inner sanctum. Uh, the Levites stood guard and, and protected the temple against the enemies. I mean, you'll you'll read all about that if you go through um, everything from um, Exodus all the way uh, to Deuteronomy. You'll see that there are instructions that God gives very clearly and plainly about taking care of the house of God because it was a way of... Um, it was a way of honoring God and worshiping God through the way that we serve him and protecting what he's given us, and that includes our people. God was very serious and very clear with Moses when the people were playing down at the mountain, and God was speaking to Moses and giving him the, the, the stone tablets, and God said, look at your people. Where are they? I mean, what's interesting about that is that God said to Moses, look, where are your people he put moses in charge of the israelites it wasn't like god just said oh yeah look at the people down there they're they're just going away but moses you and i mean we got this thing going we're good no no never no, no i mean the the disciples that came to jesus and said jesus what do we do with these five thousand people jesus just didn't say oh let them fend for themselves jesus said no you give them something to eat moses where are your people it's, it's all directed back to the leader. So, yes, it does fall on you. Absolutely. It falls on me. If something goes haywire, it's, it's something's not communicated well. If there's a mismanagement of time or something didn't happen, ultimately the buck stops with me, nobody else. I can't blame the audio tech. I can't blame the pastor. It's me. 
I didn't follow through with something. And yeah, if something as a team didn't happen, you know, the way that I look at it is this way, and this is said before, I forgot who incurs this in the sports world, but it was one of the championship winning basketball teams that said, you know, we as a team, if, if we've messed up, then as a team, it's something that we can learn from. But if it's something that goes beyond that, and it's not the team, and we made a mistake, there was a mistake that was made that no one can control, then it's my fault. So I believe that leadership, it, it really does lean everything in that direction. So the way that you lead and carry your ministry, and the way that you, the way that people see a reflection of your leadership in your people, it gives them many signs about who you are and why or why not they want to join your ministry. Hey friends, before we conclude with this podcast message, I want to let you know that it also comes from a brand new ebook that I've released called Joy, and it's about the joy in worship. Get it with the membership when you join WTTU.co. And also just ask you, you know, do you agree with this podcast? Disagree? Have I opened your eyes to something? Uh, let us know. Let me know. You can find us on our socials, Twitter at WorshipTT, Instagram at WorshipTeen Training. Even better, email me. Brandon at worshipteentraining.com. And if you find these podcasts helpful, why not have this kind of spiritual development and practical music training for skill development that comes right to your church in a Friday and Saturday workshop? Visit worshipteentraining.com slash workshops and learn, learn what it means to have an intuitive and fun, creative way to step up the skills and heart of your worship team. Best of all, we come to you. Check out worshipteentraining.com slash workshops. Also, be sure to sign up for our newsletter at worshipteentraining.com. Get the free book when you become a member, also at wttu.co. Now let's return to the conclusion of our podcast. So what do we say about this above all? Well, now think about yourself as a waiter. You're the waiter now. You're You're no longer the customer. And you have this restaurant ministry that you're serving people, how do you lead it? How do you engage the people that God has entrusted you to serve? See in your mind the way that you serve as a worship team. Are you serving food that they like? Are you speaking the language? Are you making it fun, inviting? Are you drawing people in? You know, I get this a lot. Well, Brandon, we prayed and prayed and prayed for people to come and even to for the attendance of the church or to join the ministry, but they're just not coming. I'm like, well, it doesn't mean that God doesn't hear your prayers. It doesn't mean that God doesn't want to answer your prayers. God wants these things. But you got to look back within in the mirror in yourself and go, well, what is it that I'm not doing? It's not, well, what I am doing. It's not about, well, I've done this, God, and I've done that. I've, I put this in play, and, and I've done all this hard work, and why aren't people seeing, why aren't people seeing my, um, uh, what is it, the benefit? Why aren't people seeing the, uh, what I've made? Maybe that's the problem because maybe it's, it's all about you. It's not about what you have done. It could be what you've not done. For instance… I've been hammering about our church about signage in the front. And we got signs in the front and everything. 
And we've asked the question, well, you know, well, why, why aren't people seeing the visibility of the church and everything? And I just said, you know, well, we need to make the signs visible. You know, we need to put out balloons. And you know what? When we started doing that, we actually saw an increase. So it wasn't all the good things that we're doing inside the church. It was what we weren't doing outside of the restaurant to bring people or in the community, the community to go to them. So all these things work together. It's, I mean, you have to look at church and ministry in the broader context. So, um, you know, are you inviting? Is it a, the place happy? Are your floors clean? Is the food that you serve good? Is it good food? Is it, are they good songs? If they're not, work with your drummer and your bass player. Get the timing down. Work with your vocalist, with their harmony, with their pitch, with their intonation. Make sure your worship leaders are engaging, that they're looking at maybe back of the room, but it gives the idea of that they're following and they're connecting with people. Uh, shake hands at the beginning and the after of the service. Work with your audio tech. Don't argue. I mean, all these things. Uh, I go through these things in a weekend workshop with people in our university as well online because they are that important. And I and I pray that out of today's message that I pray that this brought you to a place of clarity of some ideas that you can try. Share this, what you're hearing with a friend. I hope, friends, that I brought you to a good place for you to think about. And if I haven't, if maybe I derailed or I missed a mark, let me know. Um, hit me up and let me know what's going on within your worship team. Brandon at worshipteamtraining.com. You can find us on all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. You got it right there. Um, but I pray that this uh, message and this broadcast brought you to a place of clarity, some tools that you can use. And um, I, I really I, I pray the best for what you're doing within the restaurant of your ministry and your worship team and in your church. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much that you've entrusted us to such great a people, not just a ministry, but people that are coming that are here especially those that are not here yet we ask that you fill us with encouragement with confidence with good things with instruction with wisdom organization that we can use to steward better the people and the ministries that you've given us we love you we thank you and i pray for each worship team member leader pastor that you fill them with your presence right now of peace and comfort and direction in Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thanks for being here on the broadcast today. Uh, don't forget, members and everyone else, to check our events, wttu.co slash events. See what's coming soon. And also make sure that you drop in your email to us, worshipteamtraining.com. Get your free devotional and also your Monday morning digest every Monday. Love you. Remember, guys, you don't need to be perfect. Just let the Lord Jesus lead you in worship and in life daily. Love you. See you soon. Bye. This has been a Worship Team Training Broadcast and Digital Production with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. Worship Team Training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. We'll see you again right here on worshipteamtraining.com.